Welcome to the Indestructible Wealth Podcast. This is the place where we help young entrepreneurs and professionals to make, keep, and grow wealth that you can enjoy now and for years to come. I'm your host, Jack Gibson, a serial entrepreneur, founder of multiple seven and eight figure businesses and wealth building strategist. Each week, I'm gonna share my tips, resources, and secrets to help you create a plan and build the life you've dreamed of. Welcome back, Indestructible Wealth Builders. I'm excited to be with you again today. I'm heading out first thing tomorrow to Detroit for a week-long sales conference. This is with one of my businesses, my direct sales business. There's a big conference called Extravaganza, and a very exciting event, sales conference, parties, Pitbulls playing for us, private show should be pretty awesome. I know there's several of you that are listeners, so make sure that you come up to me and tell me how much you love my show because that is the only thing that keeps me going a lot of days. So I look forward to uh, to networking and speaking to some of you. I know a lot of you listeners are not going to be there. So I'd love for you to reach out to me as well. Just send me a DM or ask me a question or something. I love questions because that's what helps me develop my content and to serve you which is all I want to do on this platform is serve. I've already built multi, multi-million dollar businesses, several of them. In fact, over the next month, we have 12 properties that are finally selling off under contract. And that's going to be, I believe, well, at least my business partner said, it's going to be about a four or $500,000 profit. Now that's not all for me. That's uh, We've got partners and employees to pay, but pretty big month headed up here at the whole indestructible wealth ecosystem. So that really doesn't do it for me, to be honest. (laughs) What does it for me is when somebody says, Jack, I'm listening to your, your show. I'm watching your Instagram reels. I get your emails. And what you're teaching is absolutely changing my life. That's why I'm doing this platform is for words of affirmation, words of praise, my primary love language. Feed me with that. I don't need the money. Of course, I'll take the money. I've got stuff to sell, but only if it's right for that person. So with that being said, updates on my life. I don't know if you guys care or not. You could fast forward here for 30 seconds if you don't give a shit, but we just got rid of our youngest son. I shouldn't say get rid of. I didn't mean that but kind of. We just took Tyler to Warner Camp. He's there for five days. He has no phone, no way to communicate with us. He's just playing and having a blast at this camp. It's a, uh, I guess you'd call it kind of like a church camp. You know, it's a Christian camp, but their main goal is just to to have the kids, you know, have fun, socialize and, and do fun activities. So I, for five days, don't have anybody ignoring me in the morning when I wake up leaving their trash around or calling me fat. So <laughs> he did that the other day at the baseball game. He was pretty upset with the way I critiqued him, but uh, I don't critique people. I do what's called a celebrate and create. And then another celebrate it's the celebrate and create sandwich. But anyways, I just critiqued him. I think I didn't celebrate him. So that's why I got swift rebuke. At any rate, I am really excited about today's subject three simple financial habits to help you guys create financial freedom to to build indestructible wealth. And uh, you're going to be like, well, I've already heard this from you. I don't think the way that I'm going to set this up that you guys have heard this content yet from me. So 
I would definitely say stay plugged in, stay tuned in. And this is going to be great for anybody at any level, wherever you're started from in terms of, you know, growing your wealth, whether you're just getting started or you're a multimillionaire, I think that you're going to love what I have to say. So let's dive in. Now to set this up, you know, listen, we're all inundated with some really screwy beliefs about money. I was taught money was evil. I was taught that rich people were mean and underhanded, that you must accept you will never be rich. Now, maybe you can identify with that type of upbringing. But here's the thing. You're probably thinking that I was taught this by my parents, but I was not. My parents did never spew that garbage to me, which I was fortunate and lucky. I know a lot of people did have upbringings where this was a constant conversation in your house. And I know that you're going to have to work extra hard to inundate yourself with financial abundance type programming to overcome that early childhood kind of like negative beliefs, right? But here's the thing. I wasn't taught that by my parents. I got it from movies just like you. Let me explain. The top 10 movies of all time at one point all had an evil, rich villain. Let's look at some movies that were top 10 or today would still be considered top 10 of all time. They're just adjusted for inflation, adjusted for higher ticket sales or ticket prices, you know, at the theaters. Think Titanic. Spider-Man, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, Jurassic Park, or Avatar. Now, guessing you've probably seen most of these movies. These were big, big movies, right? The formula for a top-selling selling movie is pretty simple. Hero battles, greedy, corrupt, megalomaniac, extremely rich dude with sinister plans for self-absorbed expansion of money and power. Hero defeats evil rich villain, the end. There you go. You got a top selling movie because it plays into our limited beliefs. The hero is always poor. Think Spider-Man or Jack, which was Leo Di uh, DiCaprio's character from the Titanic. They're in it for the cause. Think of Indiana Jones or Jeff Goldblum's character in Jurassic Park, or they're just very different from others like avatars. Whatever the case, they are not rich. They are the underdog and money is not their motive. And may all these movies subconsciously play to our limiting beliefs. Because here's the thing, I bet when you went to these movies, like me, you never put two and two together. You know, we weren't consciously thinking, this movie is dangerous because it's causing me to hate rich people. But money is completely devoid of consciousness. It doesn't sit there and think, oh, this person is deserving, let me flow it to him. Or this person is undeserving, let me not flow to him. Instead, money is a byproduct of three habits, which I'm going to cover right now. Am I suggesting that you don't go, go watch movies or top-selling movies that have the evil rich villain? No, of course not. They're fun and it's enjoyable and it's fun to hate the rich person in there. But you've got to be consciously aware of what's being said to you or subconsciously inundating you so that you can put your guard up so you can not get sucked into that, what I consider an evil vortex of lack of pandering to these hugely unproductive and very meaningless beliefs. So the three habits, habit number one, this is going to blow you guys away, live on less than you earn. <laughs> okay, I know I've said that before. If you consistently keep more than you spend, you're going to have a surplus of money. Very simple, right? Simple? Yes. Easy? Ha, far from it. 
Here's the thing. Internally, we're in a conundrum, right? What is that? A difficult situation, a problem. Our primary need as a man is to be respected. That's number one need. A woman's primary need is to be loved. Now, you can flip this in the cases where the female is the alpha, the hyper-driven competitive version, and the man where he is maybe embraced more of his feminine energy, okay? But overall, this holds true. A man wants respect more than he wants sex, which for the ladies listening, I you probably uh, find that very hard to believe. <laughs> but it's true. With this extreme drive for respect, a man believes that acquiring material object will get us the respect that we crave. Now, I definitely did this. When I was 23, I had a decent business going. It wasn't a six-figure income business, but I was doing well. I hustled through college with my direct sales business, which I built into a full-time income after three years and by the time I graduated. It was a very slow, gradual process to get to that point. And it was a ton of hard work. And I busted my ass more than any college kid probably in the history of college kids go. I mean, I got up at 7 a.m. and I worked until 10 at night through, you know, college classes, studying, and then working my business after, you know, after hours, right? A woman, their primary need is to be loved, right? So for a woman, they buy material objects, the purses and the shoes and whatever the fuck else you guys like. And <laughs> you think that that is going to create more love for you. So your reason to buy material objects is to feel love. That's your primary need. So being in an alternative business model, when I you know first got started back in 1997, there was no lack of jokes, disrespect, slams, even occasionally, but rarely some scam, you know, like hate mail. So naturally, I wanted to shove my success, although limited at that time, in their face. And then on top of that, my friends told me if I had a sweet car that I would make a statement when I showed up at the beach with a cool new ride. Now, I don't even like the fucking beach. I'd much rather be on a golf course or in the mountains skiing or anywhere but the boring beach, unless I'm out on a jet ski or a boat. Or maybe there's a bunch of friends on the beach with a cooler full of some really great adult beverages. I might enjoy the beach in those limited situations. So here's the thing. I already had a car that was paid off. It was a black Dodge Avenger. It was a nice car. It wasn't bad by any stretch. It was, you know, it was four years old and I nearly totaled it uh, about two months after owning it. So I think that really kind of messed up the engine. So I really lost a lot of horsepower on this car, right? So I convinced my mom to co-sign on the loan to a brand new silver BMW 330 because I didn't have any credit built up from using debit cards, which is a totally different uh, podcast episode. But I used debit cards all through college, so I had no credit score when I graduated, so I could not get any loans to save my life. You know, that should have told me right there when I have your mom co-sign on a BMW that you weren't ready for the car. Of course, my drive for respect and good old-fashioned revenge that Jim Rohn said, that wise old sage, that incredible business philosopher, he said, when you drive your new car up on your hater's lawn and do some donuts on it, <laughs> that's revenge, right? No, I did, he did say that. That was almost a direct quote, but I'm pretty sure he was kidding. I took it seriously. <laughs> Maybe it gave me a little respect, but the only thing I really got from that purchase was the stress of the payments. And when my business took a dip, which is going to happen, businesses are cyclical, I had to get creative to make the payments. 
the last thing I could stand would be the loss of respect for turning that car back in early. So I knew I only had one choice, and that was to focus on habit number two. Maximize your ability to earn from your current profession. Your single biggest source of income is your job or your business. Most jobs will pay you more money as your skill rises. Your business will provide you with more money when you increase the revenues and profitability, which typically only comes when you advance your skill sets. This is why I believe you should invest into yourself first and foremost above any other financial assets. Invest into your own skills. So the quickest way to make more money is to improve your skills. Put yourself on a skill development track to become world-class at your chosen profession. If you don't know how, no problem. Here's what you do. Offer to take the most successful person at your company out to lunch. Or in some cases, your company could be so big that it'd be impossible to get a hold of the, the most successful person, okay? But get a hold of somebody that is quite a bit ahead of you. Ask this person about their work habits. Acknowledge their success. Go in prepared. Have a list of 10 questions ready to fire away at them. Ask them, what do you do that's different from everyone else? And I'm telling you, successful people love to pour into others. You are doing them a favor by asking them to do this because you're feeding their ego and you're bolstering their significance, their desire to pour into others. Most people who have reached a level of success, they're happy with that, but they kind of get bored with that. They want to switch to a life of significance of pouring into other people, kind of like me, what I'm doing with this platform. Okay. So this past Sunday at our church luncheon, a really cool deal our church put on. They had two food trucks. They had jumpy house obstacle courses. They had baptisms going. I mean, this was quite a production. One of the guys there in taco truck line, he, he said, hey, come here. He said, come here. I'm like, okay. So he said, how much for an hour of your time? He said, he's been watching all my Instagram videos and he valued my expertise. He asked if he could take me to lunch. And I said, of course. Um, you know, the only thing I ask is that you read my book before we meet. Um, it's, you know, $4.95. Okay. So I don't think that's a huge commitment. And I said, you know, look, here's my thought. Okay. If someone can't bother reading my book, then I'm really not very interested in giving up my very valuable time because I'm probably just going to repeat a lot of the things that I already said in the book. I worked months to put that book together. It's an incredible body of knowledge of 25 years of entrepreneurial investing. So read my book first. He said, sure, no problem. That sounds great. So back to your, you're in the lunch. Don't interrupt them. Don't talk over them. Just listen, ask questions, take notes. By the end of the lunch, you'll have the beginning of a blueprint for becoming world-class at what you do. Now, if they're not local to you, which I always prefer these types of things face-to-face, -face, you're going to get more out of it. Set up a Zoom call and just absolutely make sure that you're asking what you can do to earn their time. Okay. Now, habit number three, this leads into my favorite subject. You can probably figure out what it is. Create multiple streams of income. If you've nailed the first two habits, number three is how you turbocharge your wealth. This is where you invest in low risk income producing stocks, stock options, cash flow, real estate, or private businesses. My initial capital was invested into a small single family home in Arizona which I purchased for 80 grand, rented for six years, then sold last year for 230 grand. I bought self-storage and received a guaranteed 10% return. Now there's ways to do self-storage where you can get a 
equity 25% return, but I stuck to the real safe 10% return because I wanted to protect my capital and I didn't want to lose half my money or take any chances with it like I did back in 2000 when I lost half my money in the tech market. Okay. I got a mortgage-backed note. So I became the bank for a property. I got an 18% return on that. In fact, I still get 350 bucks a month on that investment several years later. I ran stock options. I generated thousands of dollars in profits. If you really want to dive deeper into these strategies, you guys, I mean, just grab a copy of my book. It's the only finance book I know of that teaches a multiple streams-based approach. So you can get it right on my site, myindestructiblewealth.com. This is not the time where you buy digital-only assets like crypto, NFTs, or e-com stores, okay? Listen, there's nothing wrong with crypto, NFTs, or e-com stores. These are, they're great. There's no diss on those or any of those, but let's be very honest. Digital assets like these are very high-risk assets that have no place in your foundational strategy. Potentially, if you've been following me, you know that I advocate for a responsible 10 to 20% of your starting capital, depending on your age and your risk tolerance, into these higher risk type bet. So you have some exposure to them. And I think right now, if you have investable dollars, I take a small percentage and be putting it into the crypto markets. I mean, this is the time where you really create some serious wealth. The crypto markets crash. This is a huge buying opportunity. Crypto will survive. It will eventually recover to new all-time highs. Take advantage of these market dips. Don't try to time it. We could be at the bottom, although I think it's possible that we drop additionally from here. I don't know that. Everything I've been researching and reading, it's very possible that Bitcoin drops down to 13,000, maybe 10. I don't think if it drops down that low, though, that it's going to be there for very long because there's going to be so much money coming in to scoop up those assets at those kind of prices. So it'll bounce back really, really fast. So anyways, this isn't a podcast about buying crypto. I just wanted to give you guys a little insert there of what I would do right now. Okay. Instead, you're going to take the income from the safe income producing plays. That's what you're going to use to speculate into these types of digital asset projects. You're going to play with house money. So house money is a common gambling strategy where you take your initial betting chips off the table once you go up and you play with the winnings, aka the house money, the casino money, right? In this strategy that I'm giving you, this is a way to de-risk yourself and still get exposure to these plays that could go up 10 times, 100 times. And this is also where it may make a lot of sense to incorporate a side hustle for extra income. Side hustles include, they're not limited to, Uber driving, Grubhub deliveries, selling crafts on Etsy, buying and selling on eBay. Direct sales was my side hustle in college, and I still get paid from product reorders to this day 25 years later. If you're willing to forego immediate cash with your side hustle, then building a personal brand and creating digital influence will pay you more over the long run than any of these ideas. It just simply will require a lot more patience. I will do a uh, episode probably coming up here about my take after a year and a half of attempting and, and striving to build a digital brand. I'm going to do this episode. It is a, a wealth building strategy that you can incorporate. Now, again, you could also incorporate it right into the existing business that you already have so that you're not distracting yourself with a totally new venture.
Okay. So more on this to come. I've learned a lot and I'm continually learning, evolving and, and just soaking up and just, I'm trying to continually become better and better at this craft. I'm trying to increase my skills to increase my earning power with indestructible wealth, right? So you just keep reinvesting all your surplus capital into low risk income producing investments. Lo and behold, in about seven years, you'll be rich. And if you're not rich by then, it's probably because you didn't bank enough percentage of your income, okay? So you didn't live on the least amount that you really could have, right? So you spent too much on other things, okay? So maybe it's 10, maybe it's 15, uh, maybe even go 20 years. Still a long shot from the traditional 40-year retirement plan that's taught by Wall Street. Now, did you do anything wrong to get this wealth? Did you tread on anybody to create this wealth? No and no. So you can see wealth creation isn't complicated, but it is difficult. It's difficult because we're bombarded with ads to buy stuff every minute of every day. We see social media posts with the Jones family showing off all their material possessions and lavish vacations. So of course, we feel left out, we feel left behind, and it creates that FOMO or fear of missing out. And that makes habit number one, live on less than you earn, by far the toughest to acquire. But without that habit, you can never create lasting wealth. So what am I here for? If I have any agenda, it's to spread the message that anyone can become wealthy. My entire mission is to take my hard-won wealth-building lessons and share them with you so you can increase your wealth. I've made real estate sales where I was paid a commission of $115,000 for one transaction. I sold 17 houses to a single large investor. I enjoy helping everyday investors change their financial lives more than I ever did, helping some rich, very rich people get very richer. If I help a wealthy person go from 20 million to 25 million, that did not change their life in any way. If I help someone making 100K a year with 50K in assets go to 2 million in assets and increase their income to 250 to 300K, that that absolutely changes their life. And I get the biggest blessing, which I told you, words of affirmation, my primary love language. And there's another reason I'm giving back. I was given an incredible work ethic by my parents and their constant love and support. But I built my businesses from zero, from scratch, with their core values guiding me. America gave me the opportunity to get everything that I value. So when I saw that flag swing on July 4th, and I hear the national anthem playing in the background... It still brings a huge feeling of gratitude. I can't convey in words how I feel about this country. It, 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 love is really not a strong enough word. This country, America, gave me opportunities, mentors, love, friendship, and the type of painful life lessons only a free market economy can provide. I still have faith in America. I still believe if you work hard, save, and invest wisely, you'll be rewarded just like I was. I know that times are a little bit tough, in the um, financial markets, it could get a little bit tougher in the economy. I don't think we're going to crash, but I think we're definitely in for some rougher times. But you are tougher. You can take control of your actions and start changing your life right now. So thank you to all my listeners for the opportunity you've given me to be of service to you. You've changed my life over the last year in ways I never could have imagined. I'm more grateful to you than you will ever know. And I would be very grateful if you could help me, if I've given you value on this show, if you could 
Give me a five-star review. It'll take you just a minute on the Apple Podcast app and like, and well, share this show on your social media channels and tell everybody what this show has done for you and what you've learned and things that uh, have, have helped to change your life. That would mean the world to me. Tag me in the post if you'd like. Who knows? You do it enough, I'll give you a free strategy call, which is worth quite a bit of money in my humble opinion. Thanks for listening, guys. Have a great week. Love y'all. That's a wrap for this episode on the Indestructible Wealth Podcast. If you'd like to dive deeper into your own wealth building strategy, check us out at myindestructiblewealth.com and follow along on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and yes, even TikTok. Send me your questions and your financial challenges, and I promise I'll respond. Also, I'll think you're really awesome if you'll share and leave me a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcast. Until next time, remember our mission here is to help you make, keep, and grow wealth you can enjoy now and for years to come.